You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Sunday the 14th of August. I'm Jenny Barsby. And I'm Amy Gill. So Salman Rushdie's condition improves after being stabbed multiple times. Very recently, as you say, that he was no longer living behind closed doors, as it were. So I think this has come as a, a real shock to everyone. And it's almost been one year since the Taliban took control of Afghanistan. Um, the women are against the Taliban's ideology, and they know that if the women are empowered, they will be melted into society. Taliban will be melted into the society. And that's why they want to do everything to suppress women. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sir Salman Rushdie has been taken off his ventilator and is now able to talk after being attacked as he was about to deliver a lecture in New York State. The author was stabbed a number of times and could lose an eye. His agent says he suffered nerve damage to one arm and damage to his liver. Kieran Southern is a correspondent for The Times in the US and told us this is a positive development. On Friday, there's a very dire outlook, Salman Rushdie, who, you know, he's in the 70s, he was stabbed in the hours following the attack. He was placed on ventilator, he'd injured his liver, his arm, and he was likely to lose an eye. So it is quite remarkable that, you know, 40 hours, 48 hours later, he, he talked and in a good spirit. The author faced a fatwa from Iran and years of death threats for his novel, The Satanic Verses, which some Muslims see as blasphemous. The accused attacker, 24-year-old Hadi Mater of Fairview, New Jersey, pleaded not guilty to charges of attempted murder and assault at a court appearance on Saturday. Professor Anthony Glees is director of the Centre for Security and Intelligence Studies at the University of Buckingham and says the investigation will be looking for any link between Matar and Iran. There is no family link to Iran at all. That is as something that has been constructed. It is a constructed thing. So we'll want to know how did that link between the fatwa and Hadimata take place. Where, where is the link? He may have operated alone, but that does not mean there weren't people behind him pushing him. There's still been no official government reaction in Iran to the attack on Sir Salman. Monday will mark one year since the Taliban seized control in Afghanistan. Fazia Kufi is an Afghan politician and part of the Women Affairs Commission, Speaking to Times Radio, she recalled the events of last year. It's very emotional for, I think, for everybody from Afghanistan who are inside or outside, because um, 
Um, yes, last year, um, around these days, um, provinces were falling uh, to Taliban one after the other. But none of us um, expected the, the, the collapse of the country and the capital especially would, would happen that way. And the way it happened um, and the way Taliban took over and then implemented the same policies that they were doing in 1996. Since then, the country has faced a bleak economic outlook, and Western countries have refused to recognise the Taliban's rule, particularly after taking away many women's rights, including banning girls' education after the age of 11. Those who can afford it have paid to go to private education centres, which have to be approved by the Justice Ministry. Over the last year, women have taken to the streets to protest. But they have been rare. The most recent one took place on Saturday in the country's capital of Kabul, but was violently suppressed. Kufi spoke to us about the protest. Uh, the number was not like thousands uh, to bring any real challenge to Taliban. But the fact that they use violence to dismantle and disrupt this uh, group of uh, women protesters yesterday indicate that they are so much scared of women's movement. And I'm surprised that, you know, they are scared, in fact, of these uh, number of women who are protesting. In fact, um, the women are against the Taliban's ideology, and they know that if the women are empowered, they will be melted into society. Taliban will be melted into the society. And that's why they want to do everything to suppress women. The oppression of women's rights has been a signal to the rest of the world that the Taliban remains the same. Christina Lam is a Sunday Times chief foreign correspondent and is in Kabul. She discussed the Taliban's inability to change. What we're seeing is exactly the same kind of pattern, the same kind of restrictions, the same uh, kind of behaviour. It's not quite so openly brutal as before, but, you know, that it wasn't like that right at the beginning last time. It took time. So... Um, and it's weird because when you meet individual Taliban ministers and things, they'll say, you know, we're in favour of women's rights, but in practice, <laughs> nothing changes. Um, and so life, you know, Kabul feels, feels like all the life has been sucked out of it. With poverty spreading throughout the country and international aid cut back, the Taliban are yet to prove they can be a successful peacetime government. On the way... Catholics take to the streets to protest in Nicaragua, and the Sunday Times reveals the top 50 books since James Joyce's Ulysses. The Times Daily World Briefing. Already bracing for recession and winter energy shortages, German businesses are now grappling with the lack of another precious commodity, rain. Weeks of baking temperatures and low rainfall this summer have drained the water levels of the Rhine, the country's commercial artery, causing delays to shipping and pushing freight costs up more than fivefold. Flowing from the Swiss Alps to the North Sea via German industrial heartlands, the river is a major route for products ranging from grains to chemicals to coal. The Servia, a 135-metre vessel, carries iron ore. Its captain is Peter Klebutz. Normally you have more than two metres under the ship, but now you only have 40 centimetres in some places. And then for us, the challenge is to get past those points without touching, without damaging the ship. Freight charges on the Rhine have risen to around 110 euros per tonne from around 20 euros in June. Christian Hellbach is from the Waterways and Shipping Office in Duisburg. 
For shipping, of course, the depth of the fairway is crucial. It determines how much a ship can load. The more it loads, the deeper it sinks into the river. As I said, we currently have a depth of two meters here in Cologne. To put that into perspective, the ships that are underway here can usually load 2.5 meters or even up to 4.5 meters. At the moment, they can only load two meters because of the natural conditions. These are the corresponding restrictions for shipping. Economists estimate the disruption could knock as much as half a percentage point off of Germany's overall economic growth this year. Usually, a Catholic procession in Central America marks a special occasion. In Nicaragua on Saturday, however, it was a sign of protest. Despite a ban on procession and pilgrimage from the police, devotees took to the streets holding public mass in the capital of Managua, hoisting statues of the Virgin Mary. The relationship between the Catholic Church and the Nicaraguan government has been tense since 2018, when the church tried to mediate between protesters and the government. At the time, President Daniel Ortega proposed measures to decrease state pension benefits but increase social security tax. The unpopular decision was later repealed, but not before a series of nationwide protests and riots in which dozens were killed. Pope Francis echoed calls of local bishops to end the violence. Since then, the country's government has accused several priests and bishops of conspiracy after they demanded justice for those who died during the protests. In another effort to silence the opposition, the Ortega government took several Catholic radio stations off air last week. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With an update on Manchester United's disastrous start to the new Premier League season, here's Tom Clayton. Manchester United are facing one of their worst starts to the English Premier League in almost 30 years. A humiliating 4-0 defeat at London side Brentford on Saturday means they're bottom of the league table after two matches, having scored just one goal. Last time they were in this position was August 1992. New manager Eric Ten Hag has insisted the club must not point the finger at individual players, but the Dutchman said performances and the club's standards must improve. Goalkeeper David De Gea admitted to mistakes that led to the first two goals and says he cost the team victory. The news gets worse as their intercity rivals Manchester City are top of the table after two matches. City beat Bournemouth 4-0 yesterday, meaning their 100% record of wins this season continues as they defend their Premier League title. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. The Times has put together a list of the 50 best novels since James Joyce's Ulysses was published 100 years ago. A panel of writers and critics voted F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby in at number one. In second place was Wide Sargasso Sea by Jean Rhys. Laura Hackett is the Sunday Times assistant books editor and says, given the events of the last few days, it was great to have Midnight's Children by Salman Rushdie in third place. It's such a remarkable book. We had um, author Yi Yun Lee who wrote about it for us. And she said that the best books to my mind are those whose existence makes it possible for future books to exist. And I think Ulysses does that, but so does Midnight's Children. It really started off this wave of magical realism. And I, I just it's also just a really good read. And finally, a brown bear cub has been rescued after indulging in an excess amount of mad honey. Footage shows the female bear whining while sitting belly up in a pickup truck 
after people rescued her from a forest. Mad honey, also known as Delibal in Turkey, where the bear was rescued, is a type of rhododendron honey that can have hallucinogenic effects. The bear's receiving treatment and authorities say she should soon be released back into the wild. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing on Sunday, the 14th of August. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.